Welcome to Yoga to Cope, a nonprofit organization aiming to provide completely free yoga based resources for people coping through trauma, pre trauma, grief, depression, and the like. This is our podcast forum, and I'm Kayla McDonald, founder and president of Yoga to Cope. We interrupt this episode to bring you a quick but important message. Yoga to Cope is completely supported by your generous donations. If you're able to give and would like to make a donation, please visit yogatocope.org. There you can make a safe one-time donation or set up a monthly donation via PayPal. Additionally, if you visit our Instagram profile, you can find an easy-to-use donate button where you can use a debit or credit card. Lastly, Amazon Smile is a fantastic way to donate to Yoga to Cope. Amazon donates a portion of the price of eligible purchases. Simply go to smile.amazon.com and log into your Amazon account. There you can select Yoga to Cope as your organization to donate to. Every single dollar helps and the donations add up. We can only do this work thanks to your generous support and donations as we maintain and grow. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to the show. Come read along with us in our official Yoga to Cope book club. We read books spanning a range of topics, including a mix of yoga and meditation-based and others, all curated from podcast guests as well as crowdsourced by the community. It truly is a collective effort, and your involvement, as little or as much as you'd like, would make it even better. You can join along via Facebook or Instagram, where we discuss and share in the conversation together. Just search for Yoga to Cope Book Club on Facebook and ask to join our private group. And make sure you're following Yoga to Cope on Instagram if you want to partake in that discussion as well. Hope to see you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm so happy that you're here because I have a very dear, beautiful, wonderful, talented, incredible human of a friend of mine on the show today. And you may recognize his name because he's actually come on for a Yoga to Cope Instagram live before and led us through a wonderful discussion about meditation and then through a Tibetan color meditation that we still have available on our website under downloads if you missed it and are interested or forgot or want to go check it out for any other reason, it's there. Um, But anyway... We got him um, just in time for pride, just in time for a huge life change and transition and move that he's about to make in his world and career, and I'm so happy for him, and I'm so excited to share our conversation with you today. So without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, my dear friend, Daniel Navoa. Is this? And there we go. Oh, that's nice. Cute, right? That's cute. That's a delight. (laughs) Um, what's behind you that's sharp, like thin? Where? (gasps) Oh, this, I don't even know. I should probably move that. It's not a real horn, but it like came with my apartment and I left it here and I just don't want someone to be like, oh my God, he has ivory. Um, it's not real. It came with the space. It came with my apartment. (laughs) I love rice. No, seriously, I'm removing (laughs) hi hi thanks for doing this giving of course it's my honor and my pleasure I've wanted to have you on for so long 
I well, I feel like we've always talked about it and we've always just been so sure that it would happen that we never worried about like when it would happen. It truly never did. I really there are some people I worry about. I was like, I'll get one day when it's the right time, we're gonna make it happen. And also, like in my dreams, you would have been here sitting across. Oh my god, I know. But that's not real or hasn't been anyway. It could have been now, but anyway, hi, welcome. Um, I said it before, but we restarted the recording. So I'll say it again. You're looking very tan and very hot. Oh, thank you. Um, and I said it before, but I'll say it again. It's just the product of living in Florida. I'm living my Florida man best life. So it's great. For just Sunny, a beachy, just a little longer. Okay, so just uh, 14 days longer. Oh my God, only two weeks. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Okay. So, okay, hold on. Cause I want to talk about that, but I should give people give the people some background. So drama outside. Do you hear that? No. <laughs> my God, then I just look crazy. <laughs> Old police siren just started right outside my window, and I am blown away that that didn't come through. Um, okay. Whoa. So, Dan, you were assistant on my 300-hour teacher training. I met you in Bali. We were sweating. We were putting carrot oil on the face for a glow and sun protection. Oh, God, yes. You were teaching me about durian? Yeah. Durian. I ate it. I didn't hate it. Um, (laughs) And... And it was so fun. It was so much fun. And you made it like, and I'm sure here's the thing. I feel a little envious sometimes only in these moments where I'm really thinking about it, which isn't that often, but of like, you made so many different people's teacher training experience. And I'm like, no, but he made my experience. No, but (laughs) you made mine also. And it's like, honestly, there are things that you never forget. And of course, like people you never forget also you're a person, but also like an experience because you being dubbed Madame Sexy is something that will never, ever, ever leave my mind. Like I will tell my grandchildren that. Can you tell the listeners that story? Absolutely. I would love to. I would love So um, we had like during our 300 hour training, one day off per week. And we chose to do like an excursion on one of our days off. And we went to this like gorgeous waterfall, um, Sikumpal, I believe, in North Bali. And um, North Bali is just a really interesting place because it's not as touristy as like Southern Bali or Southwest Bali. And the tourists that are there are more concentrated or like localized in specific areas. So anyway, long story long, <laughs> Kayla is wearing nothing but a sarong and like her bikini top looking very sexy, honestly. And we go to like a little street market. And as we're walking down the hallway of the street market, (laughs) this woman, this vendor comes out in like the most modest gown. Cause a lot of people um, in Northern Bali are, um, they dress very modestly and they're from a variety of different religions, but nonetheless, she was dressed modestly. She sees Kayla and rather than like judging her for what she's wearing, she goes, 
Madame Sexy, Madame Beautiful, come here, come on. And she was like beckoning to her as Madame Sexy and Madame Beautiful at least 10 times. And there's video. in the moment, it was like the best thing ever. There's video of it. Yeah. It was, I've never felt so confident and so um, <laughs> ashamed. <laughs> whole life because like, I'm in a two-piece bikini top is strapless by the way. And I don't even know if I had the sarong on at that moment because it was raining and my sarong was soaked from the waterfall. So I was straight up, I think just in my bathing suit. At least that's how I remember it. I'm either making it. Honestly, you may have been. But so I'm just walking around like essentially in my barest of bare underwear. And don't forget don't forget you are eating um, purple yep. um, sweet potato chips. Yep. <laughs> because why not? We stopped for a snack, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's one of those moments where like in the <laughs> second where this woman comes out and she really was so warm and sweet and funny. Like I didn't get the sense that she was like judging or making fun of me at all. She no. was like, oh my God, Americans come over here. You want to look at what I have for sale? Get over here, you beautiful girl. And I... I realized in that moment, um, I probably should have been wearing more in a foreign country <laughs> underwear walking around. And also just a testament to the Balinese people of how sweet and wonderful they are, because that could have gone a whole different direction. Oh, God, absolutely. I'm really glad you were there to witness that. Really glad someone took video. Was that you? It was me. Yeah. Yeah. I only caught the tail end. I caught like the last three um, Madame Sexy, Madame Beautifuls, but let it be known that there were like 10 or 12. Let it be known. It took time to pull the phone out, get to the camera, hit record, all the things. Anyway, so we had a wonderful time in Bali and you really are and will always be this like staple. Yeah, what you said, like you're a person and you're also, you were an experience. And now I've seen you a little bit in real life since because you came to LA and visited we went to Lizzo mm -hmm. gift and um but otherwise we exist together on the internet and on our phones and I love that for us yay for technology but absolutely you're in Florida right now and for only two more weeks because you're going back to Bali yeah it's wild you know leaving Bali and then especially being um I don't like the word stuck but for lack of a better word, stuck in the United States because of the pandemic and like the situation that we were all kind of like blindsided with. I just forged sort of a different path and did my thing here. And I never saw Bali on the radar in terms of like going to live there or work there again. Of course, I would love to visit and I would love to, um, you know, reinvigorate like some of those memories and some of those experiences that I had from the past, but to live there again and to work there again, it's like as much as a surprise to me as I'm sure it is to a lot of people who know that I'm going back. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where, you know, I feel like we, whether consciously or unconsciously, are always being led. And Sometimes the signs are subtle. Sometimes the signs are like a scream or a slap in the face. And when we have the confidence in our ability to move on a path that is meant for us, and we, when we have the trust that whatever we're being presented with is something that's meant for us, 
I think it's a lot easier to, to, to kind of do things that we never thought we would do or to kind of like veer off in a direction that we didn't expect. And it's exciting too, you know, it's like, whoa, what's, what's next? What's waiting? Yes, it is exciting. And I think you're right that like it takes some level of tuned inness to follow those signs and signals. Cause I do think sometimes people are getting slapped across the face over and over and they're just not hearing that as a message. Mm. Um, and so not moving in a new direction because of it, uh, metaphorical slap or whatever it may be. But if you are able to follow the universal signs and signals and paths that do open up and sort of like that's some kind of like gut and intuitive thing too right to to kind of leap in a new direction or to re-leap in an old direction for new reasons um absolutely it's really kind of magical and i think you end up on a very cool life journey even if you don't realize it when you're doing it, but you might realize it because Bali is huge. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like, it's really interesting. I, I heard this concept um, not that long ago and it's like, we as a society have this idea, especially in like neo-spiritualism that we have a path and like we're destined to walk our path. And a part of this idea that we have a path is this idea of, potentially stepping off of the path when in reality it's literally impossible for us to step off of our path like if we're walking we're walking our path the obstacles are giving us lessons and giving us insights that are going to keep us walking and the veering off in the wrong direction is actually also just a part of our path and it's us moving in a different way than we would expect but still moving in the way that we're destined to or moving maybe even in the way that others wouldn't expect of us and being absolutely that input and judgment and like outer outer input can be very powerful and it's really hard to sometimes like turn the volume nozzle down especially on people that you love but i really like that that um concept of like because i do think sometimes i i can i have like a mental image even while you're talking just net just then of like walking a path that is grass lined. So then of course you don't want to step off into the grass. And then as soon as you said what you said about there's no such thing as stepping off your path, as long as you're walking, you're walking your path, which is like a little negative, (laughs) mind blown emoji, Um, hopefully for people is like, then all of a sudden that like um, gravel path that I was picturing went away, all of its grass. And it's just about walking around in it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes our growth is like a little bit retroactive and it feels like we're moving backwards, but like if you're walking, you're walking your path. It's impossible to move backwards. And even if you're going in a direction that you've already been, you're a different person. You're a different human being. You've gained all of these things in the time that it took for you to get back to that place. So it's going to be a different experience, you know? And um I think for me like really important what you said about outside um input and kind of tuning the volume down you know for my family and a lot of my friends they're like oh my god amazing like he's finally back in the United States he like 
works this corporate yoga job like he's doing what he quote unquote should be doing and he like has it yeah he like has a great apartment amazing and you know hearing from other people that this is what you should be doing kind of reinforces the idea that like oh this is what I should be doing so it's like I decide to leave and go back to like the unknown and like nomadic life and people are so confused by it and it kind of triggers me to be confused by it because you know that outside input is so important and I think that outside input is more powerful even than our own because if we didn't have if I didn't have the outside input I wouldn't even think twice about going to Bali but because of the concern and because of like the um I don't want to say judgment. I guess concern is a better word from people that I love. It like caused me to second guess that decision. And um, one of my favorite podcasts, and I, it's funny, I listen to it all the time. I don't even remember her name, but she's talking about like these um, steps to spiritual surrender. And one of the things that she said is to just ask for a sign. You know, the universe is always giving us signs, regardless of whether or not we see them. But sometimes in order for us to actually recognize the sign, we have to ask for it. And I love telling the story because it's so crazy. It's like one of those things that was out of a movie. I was so conflicted in my decision because I already made it and I had gone public about it and I had received like all the feedback. So I'm like, you know what? Like universe, I just really need a sign right now. Like, please give me a sign. Let me know that I'm moving in the right direction. That was that morning, that night I'm, at yoga joint where I teach all of my classes and I'm getting ready to start my last class of the day. One of my students walks in late. She has a bouquet of bird of paradise and like soap ginger and like all these really tropical flowers. And she like whispers to me and she's like, it's so weird. Like I scrolled through your Instagram and I saw that you used to live in Bali. And then I saw these flowers and they reminded me of Bali. So I thought I should get them for you. I was like, what? <laughs> she had no, she had no idea that I was like going through that. You know, it's, it's so wild how like we help each other on our journeys unknowingly most of the time. Mm, yeah. And that's like, I mean, that's a fucking tangible sign. Like, oh, okay, great. Got it. Check. I'm going. But that's what I, that's what I needed in that yeah. moment. I have some things I'm about to ask for some signs for. Um, <laughs> I just want to, um, I wrote a note while you were speaking because it's a little off topic, but just because um, we've talked about this in other episodes before, I want to really like triple underline the the concept of outside influence and how it can really affect us. Like you said, I agree sometimes more than how our internal dialogue affects us. And all I could think of was the example of people saying, oh my God, you look so great. You look amazing. Like, have you lost weight? You look so great. Meanwhile, that person's experiencing like a deeply seated eating disorder. And then they're getting this positive feedback and reinforcement that, well, it looks great. You look great. You look the best you've looked in years, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And just how, how much outer influence, that's a really extreme example, but of how much outer influence can affect us and sit in, in a way where it's really actually like you're getting it without the full picture. And really the only person with the full picture of your life is you. So you, you have the power, you have the control and, um, 
it's worth mentioning that like you can take it. And sometimes it's really hard to do with all these voices and peer pressure and influence and judgment and criticism and concern. And yet it is your life ultimately. And I'm so excited to watch you go back and to <laughs> visit. I heard the next uh, 300 hour meditation training, which is the one I still want to do with them is in October. Well, I'll still be in school, so I'll have to wait for the next one, but can't wait. In time, in, in time. time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We so, don't worry about when we're going to see each other. We just know it'll happen. The timing will be divine. It's going. To be. <laughs> um, I'll th- oh gosh, I can't even add anything else to my schedule right now. I'm actually an insane person. Um, okay, so backtracking again. Now they've got our origin story, your latest update. Um, but I'm having you on specifically again, timing, um, because it's Pride. It is the season, and also a tis the season. It is the damn season. Come on, Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> I don't have the rights to sing any more of that song, nor was it recognizable. Um, but as I'm saying that, I also want to just correct and redirect myself that it's pride according to the calendar. And also like, we always have pride and I love the person you are. And it just so happens that this timing worked out. So great, we're celebrating pride, but aren't we always, or shouldn't we always be? However, I did think it would be a unique um, and interesting place to share just more about you, especially with all of these students that you have already connected with at Yoga Joint and in Bali before and all the people you're going to meet. Maybe they can get to know you a little more here if you're listening. So I'm curious to know just like your unique path and journey as the human that you are. Um, like where did yoga even come into your life? Did you experience any issues or, or struggles for any reason? Was it a healing journey for you? Like it kind of was for me. That's 10 questions. You can start wherever you want, but I'm just curious, (laughs) when did yoga even come into your life? And then like, how did you get where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, me and anyone who knows me, it's like, you ask me 10 questions, you get a hundred answers. Um, but <laughs> like <Perfect> speaking, <laughs> love that speaking on yoga specifically, um, yoga was like an intensely healing journey for me. I think a lot of people in the LGBTQIA plus community go through um, these sort of split identities and they go through like a journey where they're embodying the identity that is expected of them and then unlearning that and relearning the identity that they've been gifted with. And for me, like I was no exception. My family loved me so much and my family supported me so much in everything that I did. But it's important to remember that generationally, there are gaps and there are disconnects in mentality and in education and in awareness and just the generation that my parents came from like it wasn't common for people to be gay and out and it wasn't common for people to be trans and out and those were all things that were kind of like oh like 
did you hear that so-and-so's son is gay? And it's not like people weren't gay or people weren't trans. It's just people weren't confident enough in themselves or safe enough in their environment to be out and to be proud. So I was no exception. My parents always loved me and it was more so me like wanting to live up to their standards and me feeling like as a queer man, I was somehow falling short of what was expected of me and falling short of like what would make my family happy. And um, I came out to my family, I think when I was like 18 or 19, but even still, you know, it's like coming out is just the beginning. It's not like you come out and like, oh my God, amazing. Like I'm me. It's like you come out and then you give yourself permission to start embodying who you truly are. And you come out and you give yourself permission to start walking your path more powerfully. And like going back to your um, analogy of like the path being all grass and the path being just a matter of walking, I think honestly, for me, prior to coming out, it was like, I was just standing still. Like I was just Mm -hmm. stand. I couldn't walk anywhere because I didn't know who was, I didn't know who was walking. Um, I didn't choose my, my character. (laughs) Your avatar. um, Right. Exactly. I was, my avatar was loading. Um, So, you know, going into university, I was out technically, like my family knew, but there's so much conditioning that goes into like the process of trying to be somebody else. So even though I was out, it's like going to university, I'm still portraying myself as like the most heteronormative version of me that I can be, if you can even imagine that. And, you know, a lot of my friends that I met my first and second year of college didn't even know that I was gay and like, God bless Karina, I'm just going to say her name out loud. She may or may not be watching this. Probably not. We're not even really close anymore. But it was my sophomore year of college. And we started like, quote unquote, dating. And there was one day that we like went on a date together. And we were at dinner. And she said to me, I have to be honest with you about something. And I was like, okay, like, what's going on? Are you cheating on me? (laughs) And she's like, you know, I, I, I'm not being honest with myself. Like I'm, I'm a lesbian. I'm attracted to women. And I was like, Whoa, like, okay. I support you. I love that for you. And even still, like I didn't have the love within myself to come out to her, but eventually I did. And she was like kind of my best friend for so long. And we kind of came into ourselves um, together and had our own like friend group of queer people. And it was, it was amazing, but she's actually a part of my yoga story because one of her best friends that she introduced me to, um, was taking like an elective at UCF and it was, uh, yoga and like the history of yoga. And part of the criteria for that class was taking actual yoga classes at the school. So she would always try and bring us, she would always try and get us in. I was like, my God, like, I really don't want to do yoga. I, at the at that time I was lifting and I was like in the gym and I just thought yoga was like baby stuff and like stretching and I could just like stretch on my own. So she took me to one class finally, and it's, it sounds drama. And I know that I'm like known for drama, but it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. Like that single class changed 
the entire trajectory of my life. Like I took the class, I had this amazing experience in Shavasana and I immediately needed and wanted more. And even though Emily is the one who kind of brought me into the sphere of yoga, after that class, I was guns blazing, like in every single class I could take, like sometimes two, three times a day. And I didn't even know what was happening for me. I just knew that things were happening. And it just led me to walk and to run really down this path of like self-discovery, recognizing who I was through the experience of myself. And, you know, I think a lot of times we try and figure out who we are through other people and through things externally. And we forget, like, we got to get to know ourselves the same way that other people get to know us. Like, we have to spend time with ourselves. We have to sit in silence with ourselves. We have to see the ups and downs from an outside view. And after I graduated, yoga had such a profound impact on my life. I decided that I wanted to become a yoga teacher. I was maybe going to do grad school. I was maybe going to do this, maybe going to do that. I just knew that I wanted to take like a gap and have a yoga teacher training so I could share this with other people. And again, I still didn't really understand like what was happening for me. I just knew that things were happening and yoga was having a profound impact on my life. Did my yoga teacher training in Bali with Zuna Yoga. It was just my 200 hour. And I met so many amazing people in that training that I honestly consider lifelong friends. And I think most importantly, that training gave me more of an intellectual understanding of what was happening to me. Yeah. And, you know, they say that, not they, <laughs> Catherine and Everett of Zuna Yoga say that the most profound experiences in yoga are not intellectual. But I also believe that as yogis, we have to recognize that we are human and there's this ideal, there's this reality, and then there's somewhere in the middle where we become our highest selves, moving from like where we are toward where we should be with the recognition that we don't become enlightened beings overnight. And becoming an enlightened being is more of like a figure to keep us moving in a certain direction. Um, but anyway, I lost my train of thought. I, I had an intellectual understanding of like what was happening to me and that kind of empowered me more to share what happened. And it empowered me more to um, take what I learned and help other people down the same path. I was like, oh my God, if yoga can make me feel empowered and if yoga can help me step into who I am and if yoga can give me this profound love for myself, which I've never experienced before, then that means yoga can do the same thing for other people. And that means the way that I teach yoga can be geared toward that. Because the yoga classes I took weren't geared toward like self-love and they weren't geared toward like, you know, coming into, into the trueness and the fullness of who you are. It just kind of happened for me. But I was like, well, what if I actually use that as a tool to achieve that? And that's when like light bulbs started going off for me. And that's when I started to recognize yoga as a really powerful tool, not only for healing, but for like empowerment. You know, I think often we see yoga as this 
modality to heal. And we forget that beyond healing, there's also thriving and there's empowerment. And that's the beauty of yoga. So many things. <laughs> I told you, you would get a hundred answers. No, I love a hundred answers. I'm an over talker. Uh, whoops, I've learned, which is why I love podcasting because all you do is talk. Um, well, thank you for sharing all of that. And there's so many places that I could take that next. Um, but I think you've landed on a really interesting piece of just um, that yoga can be many things for many people and they're kind of all positive. So for me, it was like, I, I started going to yoga um, for exercise in college on a group on, I've told that story a hundred times on here. <laughs> and, and like, I couldn't have told you why I loved it. I just loved it. I felt better every time I went and I didn't know shit about what I was doing in there. I was just doing whatever the lady told me to do. Put your foot there, breathe now, do this, go there, lay down, close your eyes, you know, which in hindsight, I actually have a lot of thoughts about. Um, but it, it did just peak curiosity over and over and over. Meanwhile, I'm feeling better and better and better. And then for me, have this traumatic loss happen. And all of a sudden I'm going to the same classes, the same teacher, but it's a whole new experience, which just goes to show that it can kind of like morph and melt into whatever experience you're having in any point in your life, which is why I think it's a lifelong journey for a lot of people who give it the chance that it deserves like I think it yoga's for everyone um you just have to find your place in the world um but you also touch on um this concept of like doing and experiencing yoga and then the intellectual side of learning about yoga and why it works and doing that in a teacher training setting and also in a university setting is so different and there are gaps in both that each fill. And then there's the experience side of it that fills more gaps than anything. Um, it's so layered. So like, I'm curious to know, you're a professional now, like you're very like sought after, as far as I can tell, <laughs> you're like, a, I hate to use this term, but for lack of a better one, a very popular yoga teacher at Yoga Joint where you've been teaching. I see that like Instagram love that of your like students and friends and clients like that you're reposting. Like what, what is your, um, I don't want to say like end game because that's not even what I'm trying to get to, but just like you're going back to Bali and going to um, co-lead teacher trainings. And like, is that what you ultimately want to do is teach teachers? Um, or do you ultimately want to like own some like, studio on a remote island or a wellness set like what's your as far forward as you can think your goals and where you kind of want to take this yeah I mean I think that's an amazing question and it's a question that I ask myself all the time um one thing that you said that really um inspired a thought though was that yoga is something people can come back to for life if they let themselves and you know if you think of yoga as like the journey to the self, we're an infinite self. So you can continue on that journey forever. Um, and with that being said, like for me personally, 
I've recognized that my career as a yoga teacher isn't to get people to heal themselves or it isn't to get people to love themselves or if it, it isn't to get people to feel empowered. My journey as a yoga teacher is to hold a space for people of love. And I think from love, people grow in whatever way they need to. I think, as you mentioned, like we come to the practice for so many different reasons. And, you know, at the end of the day, we arrive at the same place, right? Which is a place that's a little bit closer to our most authentic self, but the path to get there and the steps we take to get there are always shifting. So for me, like the most important part of my journey as a teacher has been holding a space of love and holding a space where I can provide people with the tools they need to do the work they want and to do the work that's going to help them. And it's interesting that you mentioned like my career as a yoga professional, because it just causes me to look back on the beginning to where I am now. And I think in the beginning, it's interesting because I knew what yoga did for me and I wanted that to happen for other people. I was like, okay, yoga made me not dislike myself. Mm -hmm. Then yoga made me start to think I was kind of cool. And then yoga made me love myself. So that's exactly what should happen for you. And I'm going to do whatever it takes for that to happen for you. But that's because I was still so new to my own experience of yoga and I was still so new to sharing yoga with other people and through trainings and like through experience, I found that, you know, like you said, everybody is going to come for a different reason and a good yoga teacher, as you know, and you are, and as um, a lot of people that we know and experience are, is somebody who just gives that space and who provides the tools without, I don't want to say without a direction for use, but gives you a screwdriver and says, this is going to screw a nail in rather than saying, this is what you're going to use to build a shelf. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you put the nail wherever you want to put the nail. (laughs) Whatever you want to build. Correct. Um, But really in terms of like where I see myself in the future, I, I couldn't tell you, you know, I, I just want to keep helping people and I want to keep sharing yoga with the world. And I think when the time is right for me, I will have a really clear indication of where this path is going to lead and where my career is going to sort of blossom and stay not consistent because I've always been consistent, but stay grounded in like one area or in one theme. But um, right now it's kind of just um, like the newness of the practice and newness of the experience. And I'm letting it take me wherever it takes me, just trusting the journey and looking for signs. Asking for even. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I've, I, I've kind of taken a turn. I'm curious to get your thoughts. I've kind of taken a turn, especially during this, um, master's degree program of, but also a little before that, this is really just like highlighting it for me. And here's the difference, not the a difference between you and I, I've never taught in a studio ever. Like I've taught to groups, but never in a studio, like the traditional, what people think when they think yoga studio, I've never taught in those spaces. And yet I have a lot of thoughts about them, which isn't 
entirely fair of me because I don't have that personal experience. All I have are critiques and my own experience taking those classes. So, so for like, you are so brilliant (laughs) at putting together a full sequence and experience for people. And I feel like my, where I kind of thrive and feel the most comfortable is teaching the individual pieces of a practice, sort of like you teach the whole and all the pieces within it. And I teach the pieces and all of the kind of like energetics, I guess, behind them. So they're different approaches. And yet I feel so in alignment with your ultimate goals with the people that you work with, which is just to show that there are so many ways you can come at this profession, um, this work. I don't know. It is a profession, but I always feel kind of weird saying that word. Um, But I'm curious your thoughts, and maybe this is not an appropriate question to ask because you are still, um, I mean, you're very in between freshly teaching studio classes, but in terms of like the future of yoga and what it could be and how we Mm. like you and I both have just shared that taking a group studio yoga class ultimately started us out. And yet I'm curious what your thoughts are on um, studio classes and group classes and how we reach people that way and any like shortfalls with that. because I am talking to a very experienced, professional, educated person, you, and I feel like all of those things as well, but there's a lack of accountability and standardization in our industry. I think it's very oversaturated. I remember Everett saying, I can't remember now if it was, I think it was my 200, but he probably said something similar to all of them, that we're going to leave prepared better prepared than 60% of the other yoga teachers out there because oh, I yeah. do think the Zuna training was so wonderful. And yet you can only learn so much in one teacher training and so much in two, there's just, you have to continue learning and you have to be willing to admit that you're wrong sometimes and go back and relearn and correct and redirect. Um, so I'm curious I'm only asking because I know you're a studio teacher with experience and now you're going to do something different. Um, Your thoughts on studio classes and maybe like for someone who's listening and we're coming out of a pandemic and maybe they're like, okay, I'm finally going to try to go to this yoga thing. I'm going to go to a class. There's a studio down the street for me, but I don't feel welcome because I don't feel like the right yoga person, quote unquote. I don't, I don't know who I am. I don't feel comfortable in my body. Like how can they ask either literally or any other way for that studio's experience and whoever that teacher may be to really like support them and meet them where they're at? Do they walk in and introduce themselves and say, I'm brand new and I'm terrified? Like what are your thoughts on the studio setting and how a new person can take agency over that experience? I guess. I think that's a brilliant question. And as a studio teacher and as a teacher at uh, a studio that's considered more like boutique, like higher end in the South Florida area, I see people like that all the time. And there's 
often this level of apprehension because we see yoga as something physical or we see yoga as a brand, which unfortunately is what the westernization of yoga has done. You know, westernization of yoga has been incredible. It's been such a blessing because it's made yoga available to a whole new side of the world and millions of people that would never experience it. But at the same time in that you have, you know, the, the desire to capitalize and the desire to make money. And at the end of the day, that's where, that's where the disconnect comes. And that's where the anxiety stems from. You know, we see yoga as this brand and we see yoga as this image and we see yoga as the, the, whatever kind of leggings you're wearing or whatever your teacher looks like or whatever music the teacher plays or, you know, everything that it's not. So for somebody who is brand new to yoga, has that yoga studio across the street, they want to try it out, but they're not sure that it's meant for them. Um, I have to say that yoga is meant for you, but maybe perhaps that place isn't, you know, and in a perfect world, every studio would be open and welcoming to every human being that wants to be there. And I think on the surface, that is the case. But often you might find walking into a studio that you don't align with the people that are there because they've taken yoga so far out of its original context that it becomes just the image and that doesn't resonate with you. Or you find that you're so welcomed in that studio and you continue the experience of that studio and you begin to recognize that maybe this isn't where you want your yoga journey to go. So to give somebody every tool that they need to feel empowered in the practice, I think really it comes from communication, just like any other healthy relationship or healthy interaction. Walk into the studio, have a conversation with whoever's at the front desk, like see how you vibe with them, see if they offer uh, an opportunity for a free class or see if you can get to know one of the teachers and enter one of the classes as their guest and allow yourself to experience the entirety of the studio, the class, the atmosphere objectively and recognize like if that experience is not something that resonates with you, if that experience is not something that makes you feel whole, welcomed, complete, safe, then it's not the yoga, it's everything around the yoga. Yeah, that's right there. Like, that's it. That like, I am theoretically circling that last bit. <laughs> because it is, it's, it's, um, I agree. It's really amazing. The sort of spreading of yoga that has happened over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, especially. Um, and yet with yoga becoming this household name comes a stereotype. And unfortunately, it's that stereotype of the cool studio and the cool girl in her cool outfit with the cool playlist. That is what is marketable and makes money. It's not as interesting to see me in a mirrorless room um, alone in a like on wood floors meditating and both are yoga and they're not going to meet the same people 
in terms of their needs and wants. But I really like that you said it's, it's about communication as is any healthy relationship because it's true. And that studio down the street from you may be the most convenient, but it may not be the best place for you, but you have to try it out to see. It's like finding a therapist. It's like dating. You have to try on different things. Correct. The man across the street for me is the most convenient, but that doesn't mean he's going to be like right for me. <laughs> Maybe not for a lifetime, but just for a little <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Just go try it out and see how it works. And then if it doesn't work, you have more options. It's not the man. It's that man. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm having, I'm having like a early, what am I in my quarter life, third life crisis? It's not, but it's, I'm just having like a, I want to like unearth the roots of the Westernization of what this practice is. And yet I don't know exactly how to replace it. I just know that some parts of it are hurting people, like either physically or emotionally or mentally and that goes into my goals and what I'm hoping to do to try to like change even a little piece of this world and you being a part of Zuna only makes it better because I think you're wonderful and people will be lucky to learn from you so go check them out and <laughs> and also if they wanted to come hang out with both of us we're going to South Africa and there are South Africa 2022 um what were you just saying because i had something important to say at the end of that um, oh the westernization of yoga i i think like the most important thing we can do as teachers is rather than focusing on how we can like dissolve that or destroy aspects of that um focus on what we can create and like how we can impact what the community is now in a positive way yeah and there are, there are so many people kind of like rising up from the ground to try to do that and make positive change in an industry that's largely unregulated. And I'm only saying, I'm only harping on that so much because um, we don't always talk to yoga teachers on here. And I happen to be talking to, I, I will continue to brag on you until the episode ends. I happen to be talking to one that's actually really great and so I'm taking the opportunity to kind of like dig into our chosen path <laughs> in this work because there, I, I don't want to not admit that there are problems and you do have to use some level of discernment as a student, whether you're new or experienced in finding your place. And going back to what you were talking about in the very beginning, um, there is this sort of instinct where if you walk into a studio and go up to the front desk person and they're not even giving you the time of day and you're trying to ask questions and be welcomed into this new space and community, then right off the bat, my, my little lights are flashing of like, I don't know if this is the place for me. You could still stay and take the class or like you can turn around and say, thanks for your time, walk out and go somewhere else. And it's to your ultimate benefit to do that and to be confident in in any situation yoga or not to to have a gut feeling of this doesn't feel right to me and and so to leave that situation if you possibly can you know and that could be applied to so many situations but speaking very simply to trying out a new yoga studio it's 
Like you'll have a gut feeling. Your your energetic body is going to tell you, alert you to this. So strong. Or this isn't good. Get the hell out of there, you know? And you have to, again, you have to tune in and listen to that or don't, (laughs) but it's there. You know, you're always getting signals. You are always getting signs, whether you ask for them or not. You just have to look and, and listen and, and maybe even like someone coming to my class, this took a while for me to learn someone coming to one of my classes or retreats or a private session, and then not coming back. I took personally at first. And then I realized like, there's, there's only so much I can do to stay more on top of what I'm doing. I feel very qualified. However, that doesn't mean I'm right for everyone. Someone could come into one of your classes or come to a Zuna teacher training and it's Absolutely. not be right for them. There are so many methods to this madness that is yoga <laughs> and there's so many lineages and so many practice styles and it doesn't even have to be a studio class. There's YouTube, there's home study, there's all of these paths. And I cannot overemphasize enough. I do think it's for everyone and yet vinyasa style, hot yoga, what I teach, tantra, kundalini, like it's not all for everyone. I don't practice all of the yoga things. I don't know about all of the yoga things. I have my sort of lane, kind of stick to it for the most part. I'm just rambling now. I don't even know where I'm going anymore. (laughs) Just wandering, waiting in a pool of, of rants. Welcome to my world. I have so much to say. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me check time. How much do we have? Holy shit. Okay. I know. We're like. I have a chiropractor appointment after this. Speaking of. I have a private at like two-ish. So time we're both up. like on the edge. Totally. On the edge of glory. Glory. And I'll write. <laughs> You said earlier, though, um, I just knew that things were happening and, and it that one yoga class changed your life. Little pivot here, but I've started seeing a chiropractor who doesn't do the popping and cracking. I did a whole mini episode on it because I was like, whoa, it is like one appointment with him changed my whole life, my whole outlook on like the medical world and my body because um, I've been having some like physically manifested stress. And did not know that until I saw him. And also his level of like care and consideration for a patient and like, is it okay if I touch you? Yes. Okay, great. Let me know. You can change your mind anytime and ask me to stop. Okay, great. Like I could not speak more highly of him. Anyways, total side note. But the point being one experience can really change your whole life trajectory. Absolutely. And that's the end of my rant there. Okay which didn't really go anywhere, but it, we hit on some things. Who can say this is (laughs) my podcast is all I do do is ramble. Um, okay. But I don't want to run out of time. I always ask two people these final questions. I could have prepared you and I probably didn't because I also didn't tell you this was a video. Um, the first question is, do you have any book recommendations? Like any books? Doesn't. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Um, let me see what's around me right now. Yes, feel free to travel. Mm, I have so many books that I read like at the same time. So right now I'm reading two books. Uh, so you didn't know I was gonna be this prepared. Yeah. I'm reading um, The Celestine Prophecy. 
Oh, which okay. is kind of like um, it's like neo spiritual, but it's it's got a lot of really good things in there. I don't want to give away too many um, too many details of the book, but it kind of gives like these secrets to life, sort of like a four agreements type thing, but not. Okay. Um, and then I also started reading um, "Welcome Home" by Najwa Zebian. I might have butchered her name but she also wrote mind platter and it's a guide to building a home for your soul so these are two things i'm reading right now they're both pretty phenomenal i have like lots of books in my brain that i could recommend but for right now i would like recommend those because they're right next to me and i feel like that's a sign you know and i'm enjoying them very much okay great i also think that like i'm realizing more and more i think that i connect on just a different level with people who read different books at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I do audiobooks, I will say. Um, yeah. But I I currently have like five going in my Audible library and whenever I go to listen to one I'm like, "What well, I want to listen to today? This uh, this." Uh. Yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah. a song. Just what song am I going to listen to right now? Yeah. I mean, to me it's the same as a podcast. Like what whose voice what story do I want to hear? Um so it's always nice to learn someone else does that. Uh, cute. No, two is good. If you think of more and want to send them in, feel free. But absolutely. Uh, two is good. Two is manageable. We'll add them to our list and maybe we'll read them in our book club one day. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Can you imagine? We invite you back to like <laughs> event. Okay. Oh my God. Um, okay. So last question. And this can be short and sweet, or you can like go on a rant like me. Feel free to match me in my rambling. Um, but the last question is, if people have listened and for some sad reason forgot everything else we talked about and only remember one thing, what do you want that takeaway message to be? Oh, okay. This is a good one. My takeaway message for listeners to this podcast is that your path is something you cannot step off of. As long as you are walking, as long as you are breathing, as long as you are in existence, you are on your path. The obstacles that we face are not obstructing our path. They are either nudging us in the correct direction or providing us with lessons that we need to continue walking our path. And that's part one. Part two, like in regards to our path, the things that we struggle with the most, i.e. the obstacles or circumstances that cause us to feel or experience things that we would not ideally feel or experience are gifts and blessings because they're bringing us closer to our truest self. And as I said before, they're providing us with opportunities and lessons and experiences that are going to make us more well-equipped to do our work. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I don't know how appropriate it is on a nonprofit to plug my for-profit, but I already did it earlier. So I will underscore again that you and I are going to South Africa and hosting a luxury co-ed wellness retreat at this amazing private game reserve just outside of Johannesburg. I'm so fucking excited. I can't even tell you. And there are two rooms left. If it's wrong, I don't want to be right. I got to tell you while we're both here. Um, Can't be wrong. 
can't be wrong. And then you've already mentioned, but you're going back to Bali. You're going to be the Zuna, zunayoga.com for upcoming training. Zunayoga.com. The July training, I don't know when this is going to get posted, but July training, there is a $1,000 discount on the 200 and 300 hour programs. So something really amazing to take advantage of for people that are interested. Very serious. Um, well, one day I'll be back there with you. Until then, we'll continue to utilize technology. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, Thank goodness, really. I know. I can't. I don't know. I don't know how people did it. They just didn't have as many friends, you know? Um, so lucky to know you. Genuinely could not love you more. Thank you so much for your time and for getting on video, even though I didn't tell you you were going to be on video. <laughs> you look amazing. I love to see oh you. Oh, my gosh. And thank you for everything you shared. I mean, everything. Of yeah. course. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here and even happier that I get to see you and have our ranty conversations go public yeah do we put this out yeah we've got to um i can't i can't help it i go on tangents and i'm looking at my bookshelf and i have school stuff we could do it again i'm fine with doing it again well we should do it once you're in bali also i'm gonna have Catherine and everett i think okay i'm like still talking but i'm also getting up before i'm ridiculously late i work across the street so it's fine yes well i also have to go to my appointment it's exactly 11 we nailed it um, thank you again so much. Go do You're so welcome. I love you. Okay, bye. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about or connect with Dan, you can find him on Instagram at dan.nov. That's at D-A-N period N-O-V. You can find him at the Zuna Yoga Teacher Trainings at zunayoga.com. And like we said a couple times, you can join both of us together in South Africa for a luxury private game reserve wellness safari. I can't think of more words I could put together that sound more epic and beautiful. And you can find information for that on my website, yoga with Kayla, K-A-L-A dot com. If you'd like to learn more about this organization, Yoga to Cope, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Yoga to Cope, and you can find us on the web at yogatocope.org. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time.